Peace, grace, this is Pastor Colton Lott from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, El Reno. We have the privilege of building Christian community in El Reno for the world. And so if you care about building Christian community or El Reno or the world, we're glad you're listening to this podcast. If you want to help contribute to the gospel work of this congregation, please visit our website, fcclreno.org, and go to the Give Online tab. And now, here's the sermon for the week. Hear these words from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. The angel departed from her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Prince of Peace, we long for you. We wait for you. We even proclaim that you might be here. Remind us. As these words of old become new in our hearing, speak through me in spite of me so that we might all experience something holy something good, something true. Amen. So my spouse, Kelsey, keeps a funny li- a list of the funny things that I say. She does this for all of her close friends and family. I said something this past week, I don't know, but it will now live there for years to come. And as she said, I'm putting that one down. She said, do you want to hear your more recent ones? It's been a while. And I said, sure. 
He was like, let's see. I feel my most manly when I wear white pants. <laughs> it's so sad. That's why I love it so much. And I said, what was that about? She said, Taylor Swift's all too well, the 10-minute version. <laughs> oh, this one's good. The only time I believe in ghosts is when I put my hand in the garbage disposal. <laughs> that one's true. I'm not much of a suspicious person, or a supernatural one for that matter. I don't believe in ghosts or spirits, and I'm fairly certain that Ouija boards and astrology are fake, and I'm trying to be appreciative of all the people who tell me about the healing properties of crystals. All of which is to say, if the only time that I believe in ghosts is when I put my hand in the garbage disposal, it also might be that the only time that I really believe in angels is at Christmas. Today's scripture from Luke's gospel is one that stretches our belief in ways that are obvious, but also in ways that are obscure. Among the obvious in today's story are the appearance of an angel, of Gabriel, and of course the fantastic assertion of a virgin birth. Now I'm seldom asked if I believe in angels, but I'm often asked, especially around this time of year, if I believe in the virgin birth. And to, answer, and to borrow Richard Fogg's answer, or to steal it, because I didn't ask him if I could borrow this, he once said to Millie, I believe that God could do it, and that's all that really matters. But the most obscure place where belief is stretched is harder to find on first glance in this story. It requires that we dig deeper and notice where the main character is showing up. As you know, as has been said in our call to worship, we are in a worship series, Home for the Holidays, which reminds us that we're not the only ones in the homemaking business this time of year. That at Christmas, we remember that Jesus is the one who called and still calls this world home. So each week, we're coming around to find the character of our nativity set. Last week, we had the Holy Family, Mary and Joseph, who came to reside for a while in this stable. And today, early brought in the angel who joins us there and will continue to be moving around on God's behalf in some of the stories we hear. Now, the only trick is, as we look at these people who showed up when Jesus shows up, is to not lose sight of the real main character in this story, which is to say, God Verse 26 is very clear that it is God who sends the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to Mary in the sixth month of her cousin Elizabeth's pregnancy. When God comes from heaven to earth, it is scandalous. It is scandalous for many reasons, but especially this one, which is just how particular it is. God of the universe, beyond space and time, creator of all that was and is and is to come, goes into the world at an exact time, an exact place, an exact person. 
beyond time, beyond space, beyond thought, is put into a tiny box, a manger. Bethlehem to Nazarenes of Galilee, six months with Mary, engaged to Joseph, house of David, named Jesus. Angels are portrayed as God's messengers. Gabriel is no different. Gabriel tells Mary, do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. Today, in worship and wonder with our, our younger children, Pastor Annika asked them what they wondered about in this story. And one of the children said, I have to name him that? <laughs> to which to all of this, Mary asked a different question, which is, how can this be? Since I am a virgin. A very good question. Gabriel explains the how, which is the Holy Spirit. But the real answer, the punchline is this. For nothing will be impossible with God. Much more than ghosts or angels or the particularity of the incarnation or virgin births or births after old age, the phrase that will stretch your belief more than any other in this story is nothing will be impossible with God. On this second Sunday of Advent, we traditionally lift up the gift of peace, that Jesus was born the Prince of Peace, that he enables us to live in justice and righteousness, that which allows for actual peace and wholeness. That in the song, O Holy Night, it sings, In his name all oppression shall cease, that God's deep peace, God's shalom, is here and is coming. And here we are, over 2,020 years later, and we scarcely believe it's true. After all, when we look around, we see that there isn't peace in our families. There isn't peace across generations. There sure isn't peace in our country. Even in the very place where Jesus was born, there is right this minute the horrors of war. And thousands of babies and children have died. Do we really believe this angel, this messenger of God who says, do not be afraid, for nothing is impossible with God? While it might be harder to believe in peace than a virgin birth, I do believe Jesus might say that more rides on truly believing in the first rather than the second. When Mary asks, how is this possible? She is certainly asking for her condition, but it is the case that she also asks for ours. How is it possible that God can show up in the midst of generational trauma? How is it possible that peace can be had which lifts up the lowly? How is it possible that we can each have truly enough and no one is afraid? How is it possible 
that God would find a home here of all places, now of all times, and with us of all people. Our lives are riddled with violence and addiction and strife and jealousy and lust and general apathy and often hopelessness. We would seem that we are an impossible sight to bear new life. Given our world, given our time, given our place, given who we are, it would seem as impossible for us to have a home for God as it was for Mary. But the angel answers Mary's question in ours in the same declaration. Gabriel says it is possible because of the Holy Spirit. To which Mary responds, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. It is no secret that I am bookish and well-educated and that I pride myself on facts and figures and I will make you three spreadsheets if you ask for them. It is hard for me to believe it if I don't see it. But maybe just if it's only for this time of year, perhaps we would do well to join Mary and Gabriel this Advent. Because Jesus will find a home this Christmas, as he always does, in the midst of brokenness, unrest, and other impossible situations. Will we be so bold as to say it cannot be here, cannot be now, could not be with us? Or after we ask our questions of incredulity, after we ask, how can this be? Will we hear the words, do not be afraid? And instead respond, here am I. Amen. Amen.